It's March. And it's madness. And you know what that means. We're here on Saturday morning for Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Here to recap the madness. Because, boy, what a 48 hours of basketball it has been. Um, all sorts of things to talk about. Um, John, how's how's your experience been so far um, with the March Madness? Um, it's been kind of an emotional roller coaster, Blake. Just just looking at uh, all these big upsets that we've seen. I mean, just all the well, especially just starting on day one. Uh, well, I mean, I take that back. Even the first four games that we saw with Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. I mean, that, that was just like a little bit of an appetizer for what, what to expect. I and mean, all of a sudden, wow, we got, oh, we got Furman, and then we got Princeton. And then the day after that, uh, Fairly Dickinson just just completely <laughs> shocking the world. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, like, dude, I, I was, like, after Fairly Dickinson won, I was like, my stress levels uh, for this month on a state game took took a few few levels up a notch because I yeah. was like, oh geez, it's a it's a team whose colors are blue and gold. We've seen K State fair with those type of teams before uh, in March, uh, and I mean they they have some key pieces that could get it done, but but uh, K State uh, thankfully uh, made made my uh, sleep very peaceful. Uh, getting a big win. So overall, a, again, emotional roller coaster. But thankfully, uh, thankfully, it, it didn't. Uh, it wasn't too extreme uh, from a K State fan perspective. Yeah, thank goodness for that, and thank goodness for K- the Cats being in the tournament and for having us to talk about. But you know what's so great about March Madness, John, is you can go from a you know a school like Fairleigh Dickinson, where almost nobody knows who you are except for the people who go there and who are in the New Jersey area. So everybody, you know, Googling Fairleigh Dickinson and where it's at. Um, speaking of exposure, John, uh, make sure you're following oh. us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Follow the podcast, leave a review. Sorry, John, I just I thought that would be a good segue to get a plug. But um... <laughs> it was all right. It was. Uh, well, one one more thing to point out though, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson is located in New Jersey. You want to know who else is located in New Jersey? St. Peter's. Yep. Those teams could be real dangerous. I'm t- I tell you what. Those New Jersey kids, I mean, they're tough. You know, they're crazy. But um, before we get into kind of talking about upsets and kind of Big 12 in the tournament, let's let's hone in on what we're about here, John. K-State sports in the NCAA tournament. So K-State took on Montana State late, late last night, about like 9 o'clock our time, uh, and kind of took care of business, uh, beat Montana State 77-65, um, the cats are now 38 and 35 all time in the tournament. Um, so good to keep the winning record there. 24th win of the season, but, um, I was expecting this to be, you know, fairly close to start out and through everything. Cause that's just kind of how all the, the games had been this tournament, even when teams besides like Alabama and Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I think every game that's been, you know, 215, 314, 116, had all been pretty close. Even the KU game was close to start out. You know, UC Santa Barbara was giving Baylor trouble before they just started hitting all the threes in the universe. So <laughs> we were kind of looking like our old selves. You know, the, the cats that we'd seen the last couple games, John, Naquan Tomlin picking up two fouls early. We're turning it over a lot. Um, but good shooting can kind of make up for all of those kind of wrongdoings. And we made up for that 
in droves, John. I mean, we shot 65% in the second half, and uh, that will definitely get you places in basketball. We shot it really well in the first half, too. It took us a little bit to kind of find our stride, but once we hit that stride, we didn't really ever look back, and we were able to kind of just keep a keep a safe distance from the Bobcats. Yeah, overall, offensively, it was a great performance on K-State standards. Uh, it was the fifth highest field goal percentage uh, of of the uh, in an NCAA tournament game in school history, uh, and the highest since uh, the 2017 first four when uh, they beat Wake Forest in Dayton. Uh, they also hit uh, also hit on fifty plus percent in the first half, connecting on sixty five percent after halftime as well. They were. Uh, able to type a school record uh, for assists as well, um, which Marquise know well. The the amount of assists, I mean, he dished out a career-tying 14 assists, um, uh, surpassing uh, Steve Henson's record, which he had 12 against Purdue. I don't. I mean, I don't know what's with Purdue during March. They just <laughs> seem to collapse uh, all of a sudden. But um, It's they, all connected. <laughs> they've also tied... Um, those 14 assists, I believe, do tie, uh, tie uh, for the ninth most in, uh, by any player in an NCAA tournament game uh, as well. I could be wrong about that, but uh, just something I, I briefly uh, looked over. But it was it was Marquise Noel, 16th double-double. Uh, his 11th in his K-State career, he just continues to, to own school records, both records, single season, point assists, double-doubles. And I mean, he's just doing it at uh, not not just in big numbers, but uh, in in big games. And, you know, I mean, despite this, despite being Montana State, I mean, you're playing for your, your entire season. And and again, it's a first it's a first stop. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of these players um, and getting uh, getting this opportunity to play in the postseason, uh, having a chance at winning a national championship, um, it goes a long way. And you're going to have a lot of uh, breakout performances. Marquise Noel had, uh, like I just said, he had a great night. You also had Keontae Johnson stepping up. And even Naquan Tomlin and David Gasson, David, uh, had, who who also had some pretty good, uh, uh, who had a pretty good performance as well. So, Overall, the offensive input I thought was really good on K State's part, and I think it was just enough uh, to pull away, uh, especially uh, in the final five, five, six ish minutes. There's definitely a nervous energy to kind of start out the game. And keep in mind, John, I mean, this is a Montana State team that has more NCAA experience than most of our team, really, because they made mm-hmm. the tournament last year. I'm not sure they played, but they lost, and they were looking to get, you know, to make a mark on it this year. Um, you know, David Gasson and Naquan Tomlin did not get off to a very good start. A couple of silly mistakes from Gasson and then Tomlin getting in foul trouble. But boy, John, when Tomlin is on the floor, he is a difference maker. Some of the ISO stuff he was doing on Montana State's players for a guy, you know, 6'10", putting on, you know, looking like Hakeem Olajuwon with the footwork out there. I mean, it just shows what kind of potential he has. And then to see Keontae Johnson, especially early on in the game when other people were struggling, to kind of, you know, get in his stride, hitting some baseline J's and being kind of an ISO scorer, which is really what you need. We've seen in this tournament, John, you know, people like Iowa State can just go extra or Roberts can go extremely cold. And if you live and die by the three, you're completely cooked 
for mm. one game where your entire season is on the line. So to be able to get stuff like that from Keontae was just really huge. And uh, overall, you know, I think the defense was really strong too. Montana State in the second half, John, they did throw that one three one zone at us, and it did give us kind of a surprising yeah. amount of problems. But I think you can just chalk that up to kind of you know it's something we haven't seen the entire season. And give credit to them; they they ran it really well and forced us into some silly turnovers. Give credit uh, all the world to Montana State. Um, you want to talk about a program that does uh, more with less? Uh, I mean. It's not. It's not saying that that um, getting getting the the some of these high level uh, talented recruits to Bozeman is is it's it's a it's a tough job. And just looking at some of their uh, players on the court, Raekwon Battle, um, he led all scores with a game high twenty six. He was nine uh, nine of seventeen, uh, including three of five from field goal uh, from three point range. I mean, just the way he kind of shoots it. Uh, just with the form, he kind it's not like where where he's fully uh reaching up. He's just like it's it's just kind of a a, a high pass uh, over the head pass, but it but it it, it just it, but he's able to click uh and connect when when they needed when they needed him the most. Um, kind of got into some foul trouble in the second half, in which I mean, well, sorry, first half. Uh, he he had two uh two uh two fouls. Uh, and the last five, ten, five to ten minutes around there, um, K State really had an opportunity with him off the court to try and push the lead, but uh, Montana State was able to adapt to that situation. So kudos to them. You also had Darius Brown. Uh, he he had a near double double, twelve points, nine assists, and and uh, uh sophomore uh great Ozabor uh, uh also scored twelve points and grabbing. 18 highs, uh, seven rebounds. So just going to get it done for Montana State. Um, uh, they they are still uh, a, a very – it was still a really tough outing nonetheless. I think the game, just like the result itself, it was a lot closer. Uh, like it was a lot closer than some may indicate. Yeah, I mean, Raekwon Battle, he was definitely scaring us. I mean, he was hitting some tough shots. I mean, you talked about his shooting motion. It almost kind of reminds me of Larry Bird – you know, the way he would get way high up in his uh, jump shot to make it almost impossible to block. But yeah, he, he made it really scary hitting some step back J's that, uh, that kind of were keeping Montana state in the game, but we were able to keep a comfortable lead in terms of what, you know, a national audience, if they saw K state for the first time, this is the game they saw. I think we put on a pretty good show for them. Obviously a couple of big time dunks from Naquan Tomlin, the Desi Sills, um, getting a big dunk in the fast break and then, you know, tapping on the head. They were obviously having a good time uh, near the end of the game, which is great to see keeping the spirits high going into the second game. So, and of course, you know, they obviously talked about Keontae Johnson and his story to start off. They, that's all they talked about for K-State at halftime, which makes sense to be fair because a 16 C beat a one. So they're going to spend the entire time talking about that. But I mean, oh, overall, I think, you know, I think we put on a good show for a national audience and hopefully we'll do it again against Kentucky. Well, I mean, we I mean, prior to the game, CBS was kind of doing their uh, in between uh, inter intermission uh, uh, before pregame tip. They had very little uh, uh, segue with Charles Barkley, Greg Gumbel, uh, uh, Kenny and Kenny and Clark. Uh, and and Barkley uh, on the prediction, uh, uh, he uh, on his prediction for this game, he said, 
uh, he, he said, I don't know anything about Montana State, and I'm not necessarily a Big a Big 12 kind of guy, so I'm going to lean towards Montana State. Uh, hopefully that, that gives him a little bit more of an uh, – hopefully this performance gives a little more, uh, more of an idea – uh, for his sakes and his thoughts, but I mean, we are playing Kentucky, so I mean, you, I mean, you, we probably know where we're gonna go there. But um, I, I, I also want to emphasize it, it was a first NCAA tournament game for not just for players, but for Jerome Tang as a, as a head coach. Uh, I mean, he he uh, he has stressed once and once again, and before as the first game, it, it is really the hardest one to win. It isn't necessarily easy to be. Uh, victorious and 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 other games but but preparation for the first game makes it the hardest uh to win just because and mainly because you're just in a completely different mind uh different set uh d- different type of style play um that you haven't seen from some of these other teams like you have in the big 12 uh, and again, Montana State but threw him some wrinkles uh with the one free one zone and he doesn't like um he he doesn't like uh like to look at the entire bracket or any anything else. I mean, I mean, we I believe one of the uh, reporters uh questioned him on on his thoughts about Kentucky, but he wanted to kind of uh take it out, take it off and relax. And I think some of the players did did need as well. But K State just needs to look at one game, and they don't need to worry about anyone else. The seating doesn't matter in college basketball, especially in March Madness where we're already seeing Fairleigh Dickinson being Purdue, Princeton being Arizona. It's all about the current 40 minutes and that particular opponent. Yeah, so overall, kind of on the Montana State front, just a good, pretty solid win, just kind of taking care of business there. You know, we didn't blow them up by 30, but I don't think anybody was expecting that. And most importantly, I think we covered. So um, let's go ahead and move on to this K-State versus Kentucky matchup. Now, obviously... If you were like any other college basketball fan, you clicked away from this chan- uh, from this game to watch Fairleigh Dickinson and Purdue. Um, mm-hmm. But boy, that first 10 minutes of the first half, it was very scary. Oscar Shibway put on an absolute rebounding clinic and given some of K-State's rebounding struggles we've had against bigger guys, and we're going against probably the best rebounder in the country. Oscar Shibway, if you don't know, in the last game against Providence had 25 rebounds. <laughs> he had like eight in the first 10 minutes and, and, and Mo- Mo- Montana stayed only at 27 last night. They only had 27. They only had two more rebounds <laughs> than Oscar Shibway uh, as, as just one player did yesterday. And I, and I will say this as well. Providence was number 10 in, in the country uh, in their rebounding rate. The 18 offensive rebounds were the most allowed by the uh, offensive rebounds, 18 offensive rebounds. They were the most allowed by uh, by the Friars this season. And Kentucky, um, they're, they're, nas- they're ranked nationally number three in rebounding rate and number three in the offensive uh, rebounding percentage. And, I mean, just every time uh, Providence just tries to get one, two, or three guys to try and block Sheboy from getting the from getting the ball, I mean, he's he's just always somehow going to get it back and just bully his way into the basket. It's he, I mean, he is. This is this is a much different Oscar Sheepway uh, than what we saw at West Virginia, and and just seeing the way John Calpari, 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 uh, just seeing, uh, it, yeah, potato, potato. Uh, it's like, um, 
it, it's a completely different player now now but we're seeing uh, him uh doing some big things yeah k-state's gonna be taking on kentucky for the fourth time they met in 1951 which i believe was the national championship game that year 2014 and then obviously 2018 which you know we all know what happened in that game uh, we don't even need it we didn't even to say it Barry Brown taking on Gildas Alexander. It's the Kentucky K State and Kentucky is becoming a post a post game, uh post game uh well no postseason rivalry uh in college basketball. Just with the amount of times we've seen we see we've crossed paths. It's like Ross and Rachel, where they're where they're kind of doing their own thing and then once when we see each other, uh again, Bembe 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 love at one point and then they get really pissed off. That that I mean that's to me that's K State and Kentucky. Uh, just, just an entire nutshell right there. Uh, man, what he what was I like three third time in the last ten years we're we're going up against Kentucky in the postseason. Is that yeah? Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember that twenty fourteen game, uh, when uh, um, one one of the bench players, uh, he he threw a dunk, but it but then that caused a technical foul for whatever for whatever reason. It was like a warm up dunk. And oh yeah, the, and the officials uh teed him up for it, and Kentucky got one free throw out of it, and uh they were eventually able to win. And everybody knows what happens in twenty eighteen. Uh, so it, it's gonna be, I think this is gonna be a really good matchup. Uh, uh, and it's and also another thing to point out, um, which I should have uh, as well. Um, yeah, I mean you want to talk? I mean I always talk about it. It's great. It's an honor uh, as a as a program to play against uh, Alabama football, um, and a lot of people will say about with Kentucky as well. But I mean, we we played we played Kentucky plenty of times. There are always uh, the entanglements, added interest generated by the networks, mo- most particularly in the media. But the game is played on the court, and I I like our chances. Uh, how often do you get to play Kentucky uh, while being the higher seed? And I think K State has prepared for games like this all year. I mean, and they played in games like this all year, just with the competition and the quality that is the big 12 uh, as well. Yeah. So um, it's game is at one forty PM central time on Sunday. So kick it off pretty early as compared to like the nine o'clock start times on Friday. So K-State hopefully trying to represent the big 12. Well, um, let's talk overall in the Big 12, kind of in the tournament, John. Overall, Big 12 went five and two. Um, the two losses being um Iowa State to Pittsburgh in pretty embarrassing fashion. Oh and gosh. then West Virginia to Maryland in a pretty heartbreaking game where West Virginia gets out to a pretty big lead early, and then they're not really able they're you know, allow Maryland to come back and then eventually get the win. Um, everyone else in the Big 12 came out on top again, five and two. TCU, right after our win, put on a kind of a thriller against Arizona State and was able to come out on top. I mean, Mike Miles got injured in that game and he still came back and played. Um, and then, you know, I think Cole, Coles for TCU hit that game winning floater. I mean, that was a fun way to kind of cap off the night. Um, but overall, five teams in the Big 12 in the round of 32. Um, you'd imagine, you know, um, a decent shot for, you know, three or maybe, you know, two or three, maybe even four of the big 12 teams that would make it into the Sweet 16. 
it, it was well it was definitely a better outing on um on day two than it was for day one and just seeing um how competitive this league uh minus iowa state uh and west virginia i mean dude i i have never seen a a worse performance uh than i've seen with iowa state in in a in a long time uh and th- and this was also and this was in greensboro as well and and prior to this game they were dealing with some like rim issues um and um, I remember uh, the NCAA they came out with a statement. Iowa State asked during the pregames to uh, to check for rim if it was level. It was not. It was not level. And the, the building personnel uh, they checked it. They made my uh, like a minor adjustment prior to the game. But it takes so long. But Iowa State. Uh, um, but Iowa State didn't have uh, additional warm up time. Nor did they need to because they because they ultimately declined. Uh, and what happens uh, afterwards? Well, Iowa State shoots nineteen percent from the field, and they only scored two or four points in the first ten minutes uh, of the first half. And they, I mean, they scored what was it like? They scored seven points in in fifteen minutes of the second half. I mean, this the I mean, it was just an embarrassing performance from from Iowa State. Uh, I mean. Just I mean it's embarrassing. I mean you just can't you just can't be doing that as a Big Twelve team shooting nineteen percent uh, against an inferior opponent uh, in, in Pittsburgh. So I mean that as much as I like to make fun of of Iowa State and Cyclone Larry of all of all Twitter kings, um, uh, I I'm a little disappointed but uh, with their performance as a Big Twelve uh, as a Big Twelve homer. Um, but you also had some uh, really good finishes as well with TCU getting it done. Baylor, uh, Baylor just really shooting lights out in the second half. Uh, um, I, I mean, they were just um, just attacking UCSB on all cylinders. Uh, and um, uh, who else? Texas got the win over Colgate. Uh, don't re- necessarily know if I had too much to take away from that one. Same thing applies to Kansas beating Howard. Uh, West Virginia lost to Maryland. Uh, man, uh, they they should have had Stevenson uh take the uh three point uh three point opportunity uh, at the end of the game. Um, uh, again, another disappointing performance. Uh, by them, but that that's pretty much the only take I I, I have for Brett, uh, from that game. I mean it. I mean, it's been two days. Uh, my memory starts to faint uh, from from uh, from the from games those past two days or or whatnot. Uh, and I think that's about it. I mean, you also had Oklahoma State win it win an NIT game. Good for them. Um, so uh, overall, Big Twelve's doing their. I mean, a lot of teams are doing their part for the Big Twelve. Um, definitely not seeing that being the case. Uh, with the Pac-12, uh, or the Big Ten, uh, especially the Big Ten. I mean, you your best team, uh, in Purdue lost to the lost to the second best team at the Northeast Conference, uh, in which they 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 were able to get into the tournament, uh, because the NCAA only uh didn't allow uh new Division One teams into the tournament as well. So so I'm I'm I I was going on a tangent towards Pac-12 and Big Ten fans. Uh, yesterday after the results so uh nonetheless big 12 uh, a much better outing than it was on day one able to take care of business and not um be the headline like purdue was 
which I mean, just, you know, I don't want to, you know, just lay into, you know, Purdue and Fairleigh Dickinson, because obviously that's been the talk of the town. And that's what everybody's going to talk about for this whole tournament. Oh, but, but buddy, but I, mean, I, I mentioned it like three <laughs> times already. But like, you know, Purdue being the tallest team in college basketball and Fairleigh Dickinson being literally the shortest team in college basketball. I mean, it's just such a great story. Their game plan was so nice. They were playing to win. I mean, Purdue, I don't even, I don't know what Purdue was doing. They were cool. so cold. Like all the stars aligned just for Fairleigh Dickinson to to find, to beat Purdue. And it's crazy to think, John, I mean, you know, how long it had been where, you know, a 16 seed had never beat a one. And we were, there's always talk of, will it ever happen? And it's happened twice in five years, you know, after, you know, 147 or whatever games, probably more than that, 140 games straight of a one seed winning. I mean, it's just what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Um, I did also uh, read one thing that um, while the East region had, had Zach Eady as the tallest player, uh, or it was, or it might be the tournament overall, but Zach Eady was the tallest player. The shortest player was Marquise Noel uh, of all of all guys. I mean, he he was smaller than a lot of the players on the fairly. Uh, sorry, on the fairly Dickinson roster, um, but man, a just a stellar performance by Fairleigh Dickinson. All they, I mean, they wanted it. They wanted this far more uh, than Purdue. Uh, I mean, what their their coach Tom Tob, Tobin Tobin Anderson. Um, he thought. Uh, I was looking at this uh this article. He thought the cameras were off on Wednesday. Uh, uh, in their first four in the locker room, he told his players. Uh, uh, what he really uh he felt. Well, he felt the more he watched Purdue. Um, the the more they can uh they can beat them and. Then after I just said, let's shock the world. Uh, and then a day later, it's like, yeah, I kind of regret doing that at the time. <laughs> and then, and the next thing you know, uh, I mean, they pull it off. And I mean, he was very happy about it. The players, they were certainly happy about it. Uh, I'm sure the coach has been watching a lot of Ted Lasso because, uh, I mean, they, they, they believed a lot. I mean, they, they believed a lot, had the courage and the fight, um, uh, and really, I mean, uh, the athleticism as well. But you want to talk about speed? Um, if they have, I mean, I mean, I, I understand Purdue was Zach Eady. Uh, he is real. I mean, he is a dominant force inside the paint. But there were a few times where he had a few small players from Fairleigh Dickinson. They were able to attack the paint and and just completely um, get get him uh, get him completely confused and uh, just just attack inside. Uh, not really. When he's uh, when Ida is expecting it the most, uh, you'll just see um, a few players here and there from uh, FDU uh, just completely. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, they they are just a really fast team. I enjoyed watching them play. Um, they are far more different than Purdue. Um, let me say it this way: in different ways, Rep and I, they they, they turned its apparent size disadvantage into a strength um i mean they swarmed they they just completely swarmed 80 and, and pres, pressure produced guards to force threes um that they were not able to convert on i mean 16 turnovers uh turning those into 15 points the other way as well so um big win for fairly dickinson i mean it's march it's march what what, what, yeah, what yeah. else what else do do, do you want to expect uh I mean, you, you also had Princeton beating Arizona, Furman beating Virginia. Um, 
uh, on that on that crazy play as well. I mean, that was yeah. That that was crazy. Uh, that Virginia player, um, he's gonna be the loneliest uh, person on campus uh, uh, when classes resume on Monday. <laughs> oh man! Um, but nonetheless, dude, it is March. I mean, you're gonna have a lot of crazy, crazy finishes, a lot of surprising results. It's it is a it is a very entertaining time of the year. Yep. Yeah, one thing on the Purdue game, I mean, Zach Eady, one shot in the final 12 minutes of the game. Got to have you scratching your head if you're a Purdue fan there. Now, the next step, John, is obviously for Fairleigh Dickinson to get a win against FAU and make the Sweet 16 for the first time ever. We'll see if they can do that. Um, let's that's right. that's going to be a weird Sweet Six. Uh, it's weird, weird second round matchup. I was, yeah, I was fully anticipating for it to be Purdue and Memphis, but. We get FAU versus FDU, so I'll take that as well. Yeah, that was a fun game as well. Yeah, fun little nightcap of basketball on uh, Friday night. So let's let's wrap up with some other K State sports real quick because the K State women were in the NIT, the WNIT, excuse me, took on Wichita State in Bramlage, able to mollywop uh, Wichita State ninety to fifty six. John, you had four in double figures, led by Serena Sundell with sixteen. Uh, overall, just a really strong performance. They take on Wyoming on Tuesday night um, in the second round of the WNIT. Yeah, I mean, they just completely uh, poured it on Wichita State. A season-high 31 points in the third quarter, uh, surpassing the previous mark of 30 against Clemson uh, earlier in the year. Um, for the night, K-State placed four of its five, yeah, four of its five stars in double figures, Serena Sundell. Uh, she had 16, 10, 5 of 10 shooting. Um, Briley, Briley, Briley Glenn <laughs> had 15. Jalen Glenn uh, with her third double-double. Uh, and you also had uh, Gabby uh, Gregory tabbing in with 13 points, uh, four rebounds, and four assists. So overall, uh, I mean, I, 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 w- it, I was working at that game as well. I had some love affairs with, with a Wichita State mascot. Uh, don't need to go, go there. He was... Uh, he was. It was pl- platonic. Uh, we he, should. He, yeah, he, yeah. He died inside when I said Wichita wasn't a state. Uh, he, I mean, he he was just left in shambles. Uh, they still aren't a state. Uh, um, but nonetheless, uh, uh, dominating win for K State, and we'll see what they're able to do on Tuesday against Wyoming. Yeah, and then quickly touching on baseball, they picked up a win against Creighton, three to nothing, and then they opened up Big Twelve play in Waco, taking on Baylor. Able to get a win to start off Big 12 play, winning 8-1 to one over the Baylor Bears. They play again um, Saturday, today as we're recording this at 2 p.m. So great way to start off conference play. Hopefully, you know, because this team has really struggled on the road last year. So hopefully they can kind of um, kind of keep that same momentum that they have when they're playing at Toyton and bring that to other fields as well. Now, Baylor, um, a pretty – weak team in the big 12, just looking at their uh, non-conference record six and 12, but you take a winning conference play wherever you can get it. Well, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about road struggles and conference play Friday it marked K state's first conference opening victory since 2012. Uh, mm. The first win against uh, in a big 12 opener on the road since 2006. So, I mean, it was a long time coming. Um, I've not been impressed with this Baylor team. 
uh, throughout the year. I mean, I I'm 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 in a group chat as well. Um, somebody always brings up Baylor baseball. Uh, they lost to Youngstown State twice already this year. Uh, they've also taken a few bad beatings as well. So, um, but the result itself, I'm not too surprised. But I'm also very impressed with how um with the offensive efficiency um that that has been contributed by 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 um a lot of the players. I mean, K State scored eight eight runs and seven unearned uh on ten hits, no errors, and 11 left on base. So there was a, there was still plenty of more run opportunities uh, still left. And I mean, K-State just completely poured uh poured it uh, on, on all, all over Baylor's defense. Um, so we'll see what happens in both. And, uh, and, and today's game by the time we're recording this and uh, tomorrow's game as well. Yep. And then they come back to Toynton on Tuesday and Wednesday, 21st and second to take on St. Thomas. So weather should be starting to get a little better. I think I've heard through the middle of the week instead of some of the dreary weather that we've got this weekend, but uh, yeah, so make sure to check it out. If you're in town, I think that's going to do it for us, John, we've got some basketball to get to watch and uh, San Diego state and Furman are playing as we're recording this. So we got to get to that. So well, 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 let me, I, I just completely blanked down on this data as well. I just want to get this out of the way. K-State is now one of three schools. They're now one of three schools, Boise State and Alabama. They're one of three schools with 10-plus wins in football and 24-plus wins in basketball. Wow. Comes to tell you, I mean, this this, I mean, this athletic department has now taken <laughs> some serious strides. So it's a great time to be a cat, and hopefully that's going to be the case today with baseball and Tomorrow with men's basketball, it's going to be it's going to be a grinded out battle with Kentucky and it's going to be real exciting. Yeah, we're really a, really a do it all school. All right. So that's we're in it. everything school. Hey, we're in everything school. From football and basketball to crop ju- uh, to crop judging and uh, solo wind power. We are we are unnatural. There's there's right. nothing there's nothing we can't accomplish. So uh, that's going to do it for us here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Make sure to follow the podcast and leave a review if you're so inclined. We will be back Monday to recap KCS game against Kentucky and Cats by 90. Cats by 90. Amen. <laughs>